I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, thinking about a hypothetical week off. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 328, a week off. Well, 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 I want to just jump ahead. I want to leapfrog ahead, which is a funny way to say it because there is this whole eat a frog thing in my consciousness this week, something that I heard and something that I have been pondering. I want to jump ahead and talk about a book that I looked at this week, but I am still in the heady, savoring it phase. I need some time to simmer just a bit. I had such a giddy response to finding and opening and thumbing and skimming this book. And my first impulse was immediately to talk to all of you. So much so that I recorded a little bit on my phone in the car one night. But really, I need to simmer just a bit. Which means that today, I'm staying on track with what I planned initially. And I am going to talk instead about taking a week off. And no, it's not what it sounds like. It's not about the podcast. Not at all, actually. Not at And it sounds like something that might be a bit at the other end of the spectrum from the shiny glow of finding an inspiring book, but not really, not so much. I think this is just on track and right on track and right in keeping and a good preamble for next week or the week after or whenever it comes to be. Sometimes a book is so big in my consciousness that it is harder to wrap up and pull all together in a way that feels right. So we'll get there. We'll get there. But today, a week off because I was thinking last week, a whole week ago, I guess, although this is a recurring thought, it is a recurring thought. And I thought, I need to take a week off. I need to take a week off, not a day. A day isn't enough. A day is good. I think it would be amazing, actually, to have a four-day work week. I have come to that conclusion and grown into that idea and how awesome I think that would actually be. But a week off, a week, and I'm not talking about a vacation in the typical sense. Not talking about going somewhere planning something like that, doing something with my family. Sadly and honestly, that is not at all what I'm talking about. That would be nice. That's not what I mean. I need a week off. And it needs to be a week when everything else is normal. That's the catch. Everything else needs to be normal. A week when the kids are in school, no one is in the hospital, No one is sick. There are no meetings, no appointments scheduled, no deadlines, no crazy deadlines that someone is juggling one way or the other that really 
end up weighing on me. A week off, a normal week, but a week off. A totally free week, a week to myself. That, that idea, that set of words, a week to myself. That may be the most decadent thing I can imagine. And yet, it also sounds terrifying. A week. Terrifying because I know, I know that it would slip away. That if I wasn't careful, it would slip away. That it might feel incredibly anticlimactic. I can't take a week. So this is all hypothetical. I assure you, it is hypothetical. Yeah, it's hypothetical. I do often think of taking a day and not a day when the kids are home. A decadent day. A day to do my own things. And that idea always makes me feel really guilty. Selfish, really. Because if I was going to take a day, it should be a day to spend with everyone else. I know that. But I do think about it. I think about taking a day. What kind of person fantasizes about a day off when everyone else will be busy? But just the idea of it. In truth, in truth, my house is never empty. So none of this would ever really happen the way I am going to talk about it. And I know that. That's why I get to think about these things. My house is never empty, rarely empty. But I remember times in the past when it was empty, like all of a sudden and out of the blue, something unexpected, some unexpected play date, something scheduled I didn't know about or plan on. And it left me with a free span of maybe two hours, two hours. And those were unencumbered hours unexpected hours, the house empty, time my own. I remember playing glitter in the air loudly, dancing around the dining room as I played with fabric. Really soaked up and embodied and used an unexpected and unencumbered hour. Took advantage of it. Filled it. Enjoyed it for what it was. A total gift. The freedom, the feeling of stolen time. And gosh, what a long time ago. When I thought about that, that one moment that I so clearly remember. What a long time ago. I haven't thought about how rare that scenario really is now. It really is. The framework is different. Some things are the same and some things are different That situation is rare, that decadent time. And these days, if I had that found time, I'm not sure I could or would inhabit it with such abandon and such glee, such giddiness. And I'm thinking about that and why. I think there's a lot to be said for being able to just Open yourself up to the gift of found time. That I don't think I would. That I think I'd probably sit and do nothing, maybe. Or sit at my computer, or sit on my phone. With my phone, not on it. 
That's part of the problem, maybe. But really, I'm talking about a week, not two hours. I'm imagining a week. I am wanting a week, and I'm not going to be taking a week off, although I do think about it, and I feel closer these days than ever before to the idea of it. I wonder what would happen at the conclusion of such a week. Wow. Wow. So, so many things are possible. And it could go a lot of directions. So every once in a while I think about it. And this is what happened last week. I thought, I need a week off. I've ticked off all these boxes. We've gotten past a certain point in the year, which is typically one of the busiest. I need a week off. And as soon as I heard myself say it, I started to try and figure out what I would do during that week. And I would want to do this and I would want to do this. And I quickly realized that a week off isn't really just a week off. Yeah, I didn't want to waste it. And I started spinning through things in my head and realizing that a week off would probably leave me needing a week off. If you give a mouse a cookie, right? You know how this goes. If we think about extremes, there are two approaches to time off. There are obviously versions and flavors and compromises and balances and different ways to creatively concoct your time and schedule your time and think about and envision your time. But if we think about extremes, and I'm not talking about travel, not at all. If we think about extremes, there are two bookends of sorts. What would a week off of work look like? And that's really the context. This is hypothetically a week off of work, the work that you have to do. A week off of work, the work that takes up probably 40 to 60 hours a week. You had a week off. So one extreme would be to just do nothing. To just sleep and eat and watch TV or walk and aimlessly wander. To breathe and feel the freedom to do nothing. Whatever that might look like or however that might play out. To just decompress, I guess. It would be one approach, I think, to self-care. That kind of really restful week off. And I'm afraid I might fall into that. That's what led me to this. Because I'm afraid I might fall into that kind of do-nothing, idle spinning of minutes of the day. When really that doesn't sound like me at all. Because the other extreme is busy. The other extreme is to look at one week as this precious time and opportunity to cram in as much as you can. And I think, wow, why are those our only choices? Why are those our only choices? Why do we even need to make those kinds of choices? Why do we have to choose between rest and cramming in all the things we wish we were doing? And the only way to do those things is with some mythical week off of work. I think there's probably an iceberg here, an iceberg, but sweeping claims about the challenge of work-life balance isn't, isn't the point of this show. Don't worry. 
It isn't the point of this show, not really. I fit in my things. You know I do, and I encourage you to fit your things in. Perfect balance? No. No. But I fit in my things. I keep my margins well seated. And I encourage you to do the same. But I'm still thinking about this idea of a week off. So with those extremes, no matter how tired I am when I think about a week off, a week out of time, I know that I want a week so that I can get things done on the rest of my life, on this part of my life. So not the work part and not really the responsibility for my house part. This part. I want a week off so I can make headway, which means it will probably be an exhausting week. And I want to make sure that if I do something as crazy and decadent as take a week off, that I don't waste it, that my week is used perfectly, that I get a ton done, that I have something to show for it in the end. So as soon as I think I need to take a week off, I immediately start thinking of the things I want to do, the videos I want to watch, the shows I want to listen to, the things I want to draw or record or fix or create or try. A to-do list starts spiraling through the air. And last week, I immediately thought if I had a week off, I would need to make a list, a big, giant, brain dump sort of list, so that I could fit everything in, because I always have all these browser tabs open of things I need to read or watch or listen to or come back to, or take notes on. And they all just disappear. Systems shut down, I have to close my browser for one reason or another, and I haven't organized anything. So I started thinking about this list, and oh, I need to make sure that's on it, and that, and need to figure out what that was that I saw so I can sit and actually pay attention to it. Fit it all in. A little voice inside me kept saying, you need to just rest. And another voice might have been saying, and I wasn't really listening, but might have been saying, plan that week and plan that list, but off of your computer. And part of me, another voice says, no, that would never work. That is so not practical for the way I work and what I do. I am a keyboard person. And another voice was saying, even if you had a week, you would probably waste it. Just last night, you laid down after dinner and didn't move for three hours. Exhaustion and cold, too cold to move. Exhaustion. I am just so tired some nights, so mentally worn out, which somehow takes the shape of cold and not wanting to move. And on weekends, I'm usually motivated and yet I get less and less done. Time is moving differently these days, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I want to be back in that dance around the room, giddy, glitter in the air feeling. I want to reclaim that and find that and make it happen. I fear a day off in which I'm not productive. I would bitterly regret such a day after the fact. I'm I'm pretty sure such a day, such a week, that puts a lot of pressure on it. It does. It makes the idea much less enticing to know that in order to make it seem worthwhile, in order to justify such a week or such a day, 
I would really need for it to be productive, to be extraordinary. And if I took a nap, I would probably regret it. As soon as I go down this mental path, I get tired. I realize that I would take a week off and work so hard that at the end of it, I would not feel like I'd had any time off at all. And that gets really confusing. It really does. But all of this made me wonder, what are the things I would do? I often think about creating a perfect day, a day off maybe. It's a question we often talk about and encourage one another to consider in our groups. I find crafting a perfect day to be a really thought-provoking and introspective and revealing and insightful and wonderful exercise. It reminds me always of the things I value, the things I value now, because the framework and boundaries of your perfect day, your hypothetical perfect day, they do change. They do change. Although I bet you'll find some things remain the same over time. But doing this always reminds me of what I value, what inspires me, the ways in which I would stack my dominoes if I could create this kind of guilt-free day. And I think it's okay to have a few versions of that day in your head too. Because you might envision the realistic perfect day, you might have the if I could be anywhere perfect day, and you might have the if money really was no issue perfect day. And you might even have the completely improbable, but wouldn't it be perfect day. You could have all kinds of variations. But if you really focus on the realistic, the one you could actually do, what does it look like? How do you break up the hours and the time? A perfect day. If I multiply that by five, a work week off, what would each day hold? What could each day hold. How about for you? What would you do? This isn't a question about you with your family. This is a question about you. For you. What would you do if you had five days and limited responsibilities? Because we can't completely erase the lines of our lives. Most of us can't. So let's say free time between nine and five, because the other hours of the day wouldn't go away for me. In reality, I would have between nine and three, six hours a day. If I took a week off of work, I would probably have six hours a day to call my own, six hours a day. Once I frame it that way, it doesn't even sound worth it. I can't get anything done in six hours. That's what the voice in my head says six hours. That's depressing. That's depressing. And I still wouldn't be completely, completely free, even with those six hours. If I took a whole work week off, a whole week off of work, and that meant I had six hours to fill, it would seem like nothing. That's what I'm afraid of. Just a blip. I can spend six hours working on a podcast, on a single podcast, which would mean I wouldn't get all those other things done. Wouldn't get anything different done, maybe. Wouldn't move ahead with this part of my life that never has enough time. You can't change your life in six hours or 30, or can you? 
What would you do? What would you want to do? What would first come to mind to do? And after you make that list, step back and take a new sheet of paper. Now, with the same 30 hours, what could you do that would really shake things up and really tap into something you have been wanting to do and haven't been able to fit in or justify or try? Is there something out there that you keep thinking about and you just keep pushing aside? Doing instead the things you already know or the things that are safe or the things that feel more possible, the things that are already in motion. Is there something else in the wings? I sat for a while before I started recording. What would I really do? How would it be different from Saturdays and Sundays? Which are wonderful and yet never seem to be enough time. But they're pretty well balanced. They do seem to have a lot of wasted time in them. What would I do differently if I had a week? What project would most benefit from the time? Would it be better to do a deep dive on one thing? Really try something else that I keep wanting to do and just haven't gotten up the, I don't know, courage to do? Or would I just divvy up the days into multiple segments and do a bit of everything, do the same things, do a little bit of all of my things? Would I waste most of the time trying to document and share the process of my free time? That is indeed a risk. Indeed, it is a risk. I think this is something to think about. You can tie it back to your goals, your creative wants and wishes, your year objectives, your bucket list, your creative project bucket list, your personal growth blueprint, your map of self-knowing and creative journey. What would and could you do that would have meaning, significance, personal significance, would make you feel fulfilled, would be of value and something that you could continue even in the margins once the week was over? Could you lay the groundwork for something that you really want to do? if you had that week? Or could you really push some other project that you're already doing and really take it to the next level if you had that week? Or would you be happier just being able to have more time to do this and that from the smorgasbord of your interests and projects? And how would you decide? How would you rank and how would you prioritize so that at the end of the week you didn't feel like you had missed your chance? Because there's so much that it would be easy to while away those six hours a day doing things that you wanted to do, read, watch, see, try, but that weren't really, really the things you wanted to do, see, watch, try, listen to, whatever it is. How do you rank and organize and keep track? How do you prioritize and how do you pull out the right thing? Breaks ought to be better built into our lives, don't you think? We shouldn't have to go through this process of envisioning all of the stolen time in order to find and achieve better balance. And I know not everyone can identify with this discussion. I know that I'm talking to a limited set of people here, those really who are working full-time jobs and those whose jobs are not their creative passions those people who do have a separation between 
their creative passions and their job or career. Being busy of your own making or busy with your own creative projects or even busy with a house full of responsibilities, that's still a little bit different. There are always apples and oranges when people talk about time and their relationship with time and their responsibilities. It's typically an uncomfortable scenario. It's not a produce aisle I want to be in. It really isn't. Not much into comparing all those different vegetables. Not at all. But I think we can all benefit from thinking about how we would spend the gift of a week. What would go on your wish list for the week? And if you are someone who really does have the ability to just take and make that time, I really hope you're making the most of it. And if you're not, I hope this is a nudge, a nudge for you. Because some of us would really, really, really like to take a week off. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. That is it for episode 328. Thank you for indulging me in my thinking around a week off. And it's a bit convoluted. There are just so many little bitty things that would have to be worked out or that would work out a little differently even than I said. But I hope it makes you stop and think about it too. It's at least fun to think about it. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as creativitymatterspodcast. Thank you especially to those of you who support the show through Patreon. That's patreon.com slash creativity matters. Your support means a great deal to this show, and I appreciate those of you who support the show in other ways as well. If you are looking for a small creative group, please check us out at Facebook, the Creativity Matters group at Facebook. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.